yesterday. Does he worry that this imperils a relationship with May? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to him about that, so I'd have to ask. But I, again, I think that both Theresa May and a lot of the other world leaders across this country, I mean, across the world, know that these are real threats uh, that we have to talk about. I think Europe has seen that a lot firsthand and um, something the president wants to continue to talk about and continue to make sure that we're dealing with. Does so the president in the White House the have a question, responsibility guys, to verify information before they retweet it out? Isn't it fake news not to do that? Look, again, the whether it's it's a real video, the threat is real, and that is what the president is talking about. That's what the president is focused on, is dealing with those real threats. Uh, and those are real no matter how you look at it. So, so it doesn't matter if the video is fake? Video. Uh, look, I'm not talking about the nature of the video. I think you're focusing on the wrong thing. The threat is real. And that's what the president is talking about is uh, the need for national security, the need for military spending. Uh, and those are very real things. There's nothing fake about that. Does the president so, believe Muslims are inherently violent? Yeah, I mean, just as the means justify the end. So if it, if it, that's if not it, what I said. You're putting words in my mouth. Listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chuck Williams. Joining me in Nebraska is Brendan Williams. Brendan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. That Thanksgiving weekend, very <laughs> relaxing. Was it nice. relaxing for you, really? No, it never is. is it? <laughs> Did you get in any uh, yeah. political fights with your family there, Brendan? Maybe, maybe a little. Maybe a little. <laughs> It's a holiday tradition, as as, as you know. It's, it's actually just a tradition of being around your dad, but yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I always, you know, you know how politics, they bring in paid protesters and stuff. I usually try to contract in family so that I can storm away from people that I have no emotional attachment to. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a new trend that's going to be sweeping the nation you know, it won't be taken by jo or robots at least anytime soon. So. <laughs> but joining us in Arlington, Texas, is the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how you doing? Look, honorable podcast co-hosts, Matthew Hodges is not a war criminal, and I am rejecting your verdict with contempt. So, so oh, you're drink drinking poison, drink it up. which I, appears I, to be a Miller Lite. I just drank beer. <laughs> That's a slow poison. It's a slow poison. Yeah. But it'll make you it'll make you feel better than that dude. Yeah, this this got this got real uh way faster than I thought it was going to. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude, those uh it's always it's always too soon for those cyanide or poison jokes, so, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> It's never too soon for another great guest, however, on Liquid Flannel. <laughs> and Matt is more than willing, <laughs> more than willing to let our audience know who that great guest is this week. Matt, tell them who's on the line. You bet. It You know, continuing our series of cool people that you probably know on Twitter, if you are kind of a lefty and you're on Twitter, we have Mark uh, at Haircut Hippie who has a fantastic Twitter feed and is also a lot of fun to talk to you. Um, fun fact, when I first reached out to Mark, it was um, a couple of months ago, and I said, hey, you would probably be good for coming on our podcast. And he said, hey, I would love to, except because of the Hurricane Harvey flooding, 
the lower story of my apartment building is completely gutted right now, and we're all dealing with uh, horrible mold. So, Mark, how's <laughs> how's that going? It's 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 good. It's good. Um, <laughs> I can almost breathe indoors. Um, I apologize in advance if you hear me like gasping because there's still mold everywhere, but it's it's going well. I did not suffer any damages. I, I did not have to beg Ted nice. Cruz for money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, although I apparently I do have to like beg him to to not vote for whatever is coming uh, in this beautiful tax bill. Right, but it's good. There's minimum begging, minimum mold, and no damage. So <laughs> well, we're well. Thank you. we're glad to have you on the show. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, and we're it. It's worth noting we're recording on November the thirtieth, and the Senate is currently debating the tax bill. So. Um, as they say on other actually um, like trying to be topical podcasts, you know, things may have changed by the time that you listen to this. <laughs> yeah, we'll see uh, how it goes. Uh, That's called hedging your bet in the Trump administration <laughs> days. Yeah. If you don't record and edit on the same day. <laughs> which, is, which is hard to do. It's hard to uh, do, you guys. I mean, will, will the tax bill even be a news story about like two days from now? It's It's... It you seems think it like would. it. You think it should be. You think it should be because it's a radical remaking of American society. But I mean, I, I don't know. He might nuke Germany. He won't mean to, but he might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know what he'll tweet about. And then, like, who has time to talk about the tax bill when you got all these juicy tweets That's to, right. to dissect, you know? <laughs> I don't but, know. It, yeah. it, it, was, it was shocking to me. It wasn't shocking to me that he retweeted... Uh, British like white supremacist uh, Twitter account. Of course not. What That's surprised me was from shock. right. What surprised me was how everyone else is still acting like that. Shocking at this point. Yeah. Hmm. What I found was the more shocking was the explanation where first <laughs> that Sarah Huckabee Sanders was like, "Well, the videos might be fake, but the threat is real." <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. what? Like. Okay, so it's okay to like. Is that like dragnet? The fake names news, of- like yeah, yeah, like is that does that argument work for people to be like Trump <laughs> yeah. is going to murder everyone with this tax bill or whatever? And they're like, hey, fake news. It's like, well, you know, th- that might be fake, but the this tax bill is fake. actually messed up. You no, know? look, the problems I, are real. I know where she's coming from because even though I know that Bioshock is a. Uh, a horror action first person shooter video game and completely made up, it still makes me afraid of libertarians. I, I think that's a very <laughs> rational fear. I, I would not let a libertarian anywhere near me. Oh man. Well, underwater in my so, art deco city. So much for the uh, taller left. On the land, I would not allow it. I mean, come on, like a libertarian <laughs> advice you to go seasteading. What, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> hey, hey, Mark, do you want to go to this creepy abandoned boat I have in the middle of the Pacific? Like, I. It's just there's a one-way trip. It's a one-way you, trip. Ask, you ask them their opinion on the non-aggression pact or whatever, and then you make your decision. Right. That's, that's the that's only. Fair. That's the only answer. As long as it doesn't come down to a leaf conflict, like uh, with with poor Rand Paul, who apparently is still nursing a, a horrible injury. Oh yeah, but God. he's back. Oh, yeah. He's back. He's got to come vote on that tax bill. He's here to vote. That's the important thing. Back just in time to vote on a tax bill, even though he's been one of the loudest deficit hawks in Congress for the entire time he's been there. 
Well, it's okay to add to the deficit for certain reasons, you know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, just like the reasons why Rand Paul was attacked in his home <laughs> and the reasons why you might want to actually vote for this tax bill, you know, he's very good at, at right. hiding his, his true reasons for any of his actions. Hey, yeah, that's right. You don't have to be apprised of the reasons. You just have to know that there's reasons. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we've got a whole bunch of stuff that we can jump in and talk about. So uh, without further ado, let's jump right in. <laughs> yeah, good. Without further, without me shutting up, without further ado, let's jump right in. <laughs> Perfect. That was okay. amazing. Yes, stuck the landing. We might as well keep it rolling. Sure. What do we got going on here? Well, do you guys want to actually talk about the tax bill? I mean, that is that is the big news. I mean, it's topical, it, it, like it's... cream, but it may not be topical by the time. Yeah. Our audience hears our lovely voices. It's crazy to me because I do think I am feeling some of the outrage fatigue yeah. with this tax bill because sure. to me, it is, it's obviously terrible, but yeah. it's also very expected yeah. and yep. it also just seems like they're doing it in a way where you don't really know like what's going to happen because a lot of the things that they're writing in there, they're like, well, after 10 years, you know, th it's totally different. And it's like, right. is that even real? Like, it's well, not I mean, even a real thing. The, the real problem is you can't really effective. You can hardly effectively analyze it because no one knows what the hell is in the bill. Right. Like what, what, what is going to be in the final product? No one knows. Like it is 8.50 p.m., uh, central time and they're they, they're sitting they're sitting on capitol hill the staffers with giant boxes of pizzas and they're going to be writing this and then they'll vote on it at you know 11 a.m tomorrow yeah how could you possibly speak intelligently about that except in very very general terms right well and that's that's what makes uh john mccain actually such a disgusting individual at the at the twilight of his career who has made such a big deal through both of the the healthcare votes, the the major ones, talking about like I just you know I I don't feel comfortable the the process. Nobody really knows what's in these bills, and then he comes out today and says, "No, I'll vote for the for the tax reform," even though he hasn't seen it. Nobody's seen it except yeah. for people who work in committee. I, I mean, I, I think the I mean, it's I don't really pretend to understand why he voted no on healthcare and he's going to go yes for this um it, 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 my guess is just that um the obamacare obamacare actually had you know still had powerful interests that it's you know that insurance companies benefited tremendously from it right uh, whereas with this this is this is just you know outright class war like, well but what, this what is the, the same as it's the yeah. same as lisa murkowski and the other ones too i mean yeah. they Susan were Collins. against the health yep uh, yeah they were against it, but I mean, Lisa Murkowski, I guess, had just said, well, I was given a personal assurance from Mitch McConnell that, oh, that well, you know, it's well, not nice. going to uh, hurt these people the way it totally will. Right. Well, so, and yeah. it, it's insane because they're basically saying they're, they're saying the opposite thing to like, depending on who is asking them about it. Right. right. So yeah. on the one hand, they'll say like, well, it doesn't actually add to the deficit because you know, the growth we get is going to be so amazing <laughs> right. that, you know, it's going to, it's, you know, we're going to just have such economic growth that these deficits will be just wiped out through the growth or whatever. That nice Kansas growth. Yeah. Right. But then, then at the same time, they're saying like, well, hey, but 
uh, we're going to cut your taxes so much, you're going to have so much extra you know, money in, in your pocket or whatever. And it's like they're saying these all these conflicting things that they yeah. can't all be true, but because it's all hypothetical, you know, future projections anyway, right. yeah. it's hard to make it real to people. I, I, I mean, I think the thing about Obamacare was that it was, it was a single single fairly identifiable thing keep obamacare or not you know sure. this many people lose insurance or not but the budget i mean that's this is i mean it's people are going to lose care there's i don't even know what's going to happen to graduate students well yeah the, i mean, I mean the, the tax bill just just on the topic of right. obamacare the tax the tax bill does get rid of the individual mandate which yes. anybody who pays attention to how obamacare worked knows that's right. the only thing that makes it work that you have right. to make people have insurance because that creates the giant risk pool that takes care of the people who really need health insurance. This new tax bill gets rid of that. And it's boggling to me that Democrats haven't come out stronger and said, look, like whatever else is in the tax bill, tax cuts for uh, Comcast and all the big pharmaceutical companies, like it still does all of the awful shit that was going to happen when they reformed Obamacare the last couple of yeah. times that that went up for a vote. I mean, I mean, I, I have to wonder, like, how aware even are Democrats in Congress of of this of these changes? <laughs> I, 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 I know that's a kind of a silly question. You'd think they'd be yeah. knowledgeable. Well, you'd like to think they'd be knowledgeable about it, but who even in Congress knows what we're doing, what's going to happen? Right. Well, and it's hard to go out and oppose a bill when the specifics of the bill are unknown. <laughs> you know, right, it's hard right, to go out and right. say, well, this bill says this. It's like, well, they can just right. counter and say like, the bill doesn't say that because the bill doesn't freaking exist. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. that's their advantage of, of rushing it through this whole system. And yeah, it is crazy that, you know, people like John McCain and Bob Corker and Jeff Flake and all these people who are saying like, we need to stand up to Trump and we need to return to regular order and like get bipartisanship. And I mean, if they end up voting for this, which it seems like they're probably going to do. Yeah. It just exposes them as like, well, then what is the point of all of this stuff that you're doing? Right. Like, well, they're, yeah. they're standing up to Trump, but they're not, they're not taking an oath to stand up to their donors, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, right. Yeah. That's call. really, that's it. Well, I mean, I they, mean, they really can't stand up to their donors though. I mean, I, I assume any Republican <laughs> who votes against this is going to have like 20 they primary opponents with, They've Sorry. already said that. Like one of yeah. the dudes straight up said, "My donors yeah. said D we're not even picking up the phone if you don't pass this." Yeah, no, right, you know? they, because it's <laughs> it's very similar to uh, what it's very similar to what happened with Republicans and climate change denialism. Sure, is uh, once upon a time there were climate change acknowledging Republicans, and one by one they got primaried, <laughs> and then you know one day there were none left. Right. Well, they, and Mark, you know, they got the message. Mark, you and I were talking about that last night. Was that because of the, I mean, the structure of the two-party system and the tendency for either side to, well, at least on the Republican side, to go, like, more and more extreme in your views, there's no real room for anybody to be an actual, like, centrist. and Somebody who, right. who's, like a, like, a moderate Republican or a blue-dog Democrat anymore because, especially on the Republican side... If you don't tow whatever line, I guess at this point, Trump and the big donors are trying to pull, yeah. uh, which actually align a lot more than I think Trump's voters think that they were going to, huh. it, it, that person is just going to be primaried 
the next yes. time it comes up for a vote for someone who's more extreme. And certainly we've seen that in uh, Nebraska and Kansas and have like the Tea Party has completely conquered like the Great Plains area. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that within the Republican Party, there's no chance at advancement. Um, it's definitely not at the national level. I guess maybe you could run a state campaign and I, I don't know, maybe maybe you could run a state campaign against an incredibly well-funded primary challenger and win. But in Congress, I mean, they can outspend you 10 to 1, 20 sure. to 1, 100 to 1. Right. Um, you have to, uh, I just, I don't see, uh, you know, I, th- I think the, like, the 20%, you know, the extreme, the extreme hard right fringe has completely captured the Republican Party. And it's backed up by so much money, I don't see how they'll ever, I, I don't see how they'll get out from under it. No, it's a tough situation. I mean, there's. I think what it comes down to is that there's just no constituency that values like bipartisanship and like centrism, right? I mean, anybody on the left is going to say, well, yeah, that guy's better than the worst, you know, far right Republican. But as soon as something, you know, different comes along, I'm, I'm hopping on that train. Yeah, but on the there's other no hand, no one that's in there funding that or, or saying like, we need people who are you know centrist like there's just not a a hardcore centrism you know grassroots movement right but on the (laughs) other hand you also have roy moore running for senate and you've got these uh you've got uh the federalist and um you know what letters signed by 300 clergy members they're like you know maybe maybe he's a child molester but you know it'd be better than having a democrat in there and it it makes you have to ask, like, what do they actually stand for? You know, the party of family values is going to elect a guy who literally got fucking banned from his local mall because he wouldn't stop creeping on underage women. And <laughs> they're like, no, it's really important that he gets into Senate instead of this other guy who is just going to, like, govern sort of normally. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, I think it, I mean, it's just purely tribal. Uh, they're, they're protecting I guess they're protecting the right of Roy Moore to molest people. I mean, they're they're protecting. You know, he's he's made it. He's one of the. He's a Republican worthy. So to an extent, right. uh, they're protecting his. Basically, they're protecting his freedom of action, which in this case involves hurting people. Uh, except those people don't matter. Like that's the thing. That's that's the identification with authority figures in the Republican party is huge. Well, and that, I mean, you know, that, that brings up another story that we didn't talk about uh, pre-show that we might discuss, but the whole thing that happened with the, uh, the Washington post and project Veritas. Did you guys see this? Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. such a great story that they tried to embed a, like a fake, um, like Roy Moore victim with the Washington post. And, <laughs> say that like she had she had had an affair with him and had an abortion when she was 15 and the Washington Post listened to her for what amounts to something like 20 minutes altogether and then started looking her up and it's like oh no this is like a failed mortgage broker from Florida who moved like made a made a GoFundMe that was like fund my move to uh, New York City so that I can like expose the lies of the liberal mainstream media or Right. No, it, it's pretty it's pretty crazy that their stated goal was like, we're going to go in and show like how terrible the, the media is and mm-hmm. that they'll just they'll report all the fake news lies just if they're anti-Trump. Right. And that it totally failed. But 
they have suffered absolutely no consequences no, for it. I like, mean, that's they're, the they're crazy thing it. is that this is like the tenth ridiculous illegal borderline illegal stunt that this project veritas group has pulled right and they right. still have 501c3 federal nonprofit oh sure status uh, they're, no oh, they're yep. taking a fucking victory lap on social media going like hey we're like the number one trending topic on twitter the number one trending topic because you're fucking liars and everybody's <laughs> dunking on you but i mean on the other hand you know there are people i i saw plenty of Twitter hot takes that were like, you know, this one didn't work, but, you know, good on them yeah, for like so. holding holding the mainstream media's feet to the fire and making sure they're actually doing the job they're supposed to do. Like, no, this is actually good <laughs> for the discourse. <laughs> right. But but I mean, in a sense, the victory lap is justified because they can keep doing this. They will get money. Like, I don't yeah. I, Isn't O'Keefe earning like he's earning six figures? I mean, oh, know, sure. I'm sure. I mean, the, yeah, I the mean, Donald he's... Trump campaign fund paid it was like ten thousand dollars to Project Veritas during the during the 2016 campaign. No, I right. think it was more than that. There's multiple payments. But that's between the thing them, that really yeah. makes the rights. I mean, that's the thing that makes the rights, you know, the propaganda. So uh, it's, it's it's a little overwhelming because, you know, I mean, it's not just like Sarah Huckabee Sanders, like saying bullshit up at the press secretary. Right. It's not even it's not even Fox News. It's not even Rupert Murdoch owned intellectual properties. It's not just Wall Street Journal. It's, you, you know, you've got all you've got, the, you know, Project Veritas, whose main job, as far as I can tell, is to sort of like. I mean, it's basically to entrap liberal or left-leaning organizations and kill them. You know, it doesn't uh, work right. often, but it also doesn't have to work often. Right. And there's also nothing that will stop them, as as, as far as I can tell. Um, there's just this, there's a cornucopia of, you know, competing groups <laughs> all fighting the Whoa. left. And, and in the meantime, yeah. you know, the Democrats are like, well, I don't know, uh, we're going to send you 10 emails from the DCC. Yeah. Okay. The asymmetry is is quite frightening. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, Campus Reform is another one of those groups. It's like the media wing of Turning Point USA. Right. You know, these people, it's, it's the same type of deal where they get money from people, not by really any accomplishment they've done other than essentially trolling liberals. You know, it's, uh, it's a weird world we live in where we've got money for that kind of stuff. Well, Chuck, I, I think that's a really else. good point, right? I mean, uh, like left Twitter will make jokes about um, people, you know, breaking my coffee machine to own the libs or whatever. But meanwhile, we get so wrapped up in these um, the obvious like bullshit ploys that we mm-hmm. ignore the fact that like, you know, Tea Party senators in Nebraska are pressuring the University of Nebraska to be somehow like more in favor of conservative viewpoints in yes, the name right. of free speech, you know, and that kind of stuff flies under the radar because it's that's that's their actual, you know, we, we can make jokes. Uh, the The hashtag resistance talks all the time. Every time Donald Trump tweets, you've got some hashtag resistance person in there going like you haven't accomplished anything like well actually he's accomplished a lot and (laughs) the things that he has accomplished are they're way more boring but they're way worse for you than the the things that he hasn't accomplished that have actually gotten defeated right yeah well and i think that brings us back to the the whole tax situation i mean if they do get this bill passed 
Trump will never shut up about what a great accomplishment this right. was. I mean, and uh, I'm not sure if that is actually going to be helpful because after they pass it and they clap themselves on the back for doing such a great job, then people actually start to see the effects of it uh, see, here, here's over the, thing, the years. Do people – when do people actually associate the effect of Republican policies with the Republicans? Like, as soon like as ever. they when elect does- a Democrat <laughs> – yeah i mean it's i I guess i'm just so pessimistic because the democrat i mean i I remember george w bush i I remember him he he was the defining president of my i guess uh teenage years uh you know 9-11 was kind of it was it's kind of a big deal at the time if you're young you know like a lot of people i know went to afghanistan like you know like people it was but of course nothing happened like absolutely right. nothing happened nothing happened for iraq nothing happened for the financial crisis and, and now we're and now apparently right. we're putting tom cotton in cia and pompeo <laughs> right who i assume yeah. y'all are more familiar with uh, than i am even well yeah um, and uh, putting uh putting pompeo in charge of the state department if rumors are to be yeah. believed that rex tillerson is on his way out But hey, uh, I wonder if we want to take a little break there and come back to some more specific topics. There's a man who leads a life of danger. To everyone he meets, he stays a stranger. With every move he makes, another chance he takes. Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow. Garrison Keillor again? I mean, besides the obvious. Wait, no, I I wanted to hear about Chuck's problem with Garrison Keillor, which was, well, you you liked him on the show. You liked him on Prairie Home Companion. I liked Prairie Home Companion. I mean, you know, that that's part of your weekend and stuff, especially here. You know, a lot of people in Nebraska listen to that. And I mean, powdered milk commercial never gets old. It's always hilarious, even though it's exactly the same thing for fucking 30 years. But, you know, it's that that type of aw shucksy kind of irony, jokey racist, kind of like what they yeah. call Lena Dunham's hipster racist before. This is hipster before hipster, you know, I mean, like singing those adorable songs. But one of them is about like Thomas Jefferson's right. love affair with that uh, slave that he most likely raped or sexually sure. assaulted put his hand up the back of her open dress i'm just kidding uh horrible but anyway you know i mean it's one of those things where is he probably a racist probably not but does he joke about things in a problematic way and get away with it 100 percent? so whatever uh if the allegations that are out there about him are the only allegations i would say that you know i guess it, it sounds like it could have been a misunderstanding. However, I'm sure that. Well, yeah, but it was more. like, a, was it a real misunderstanding or was it, was it a misunderstanding that was generational? Like with uh, right. George H.W. Bush, like, 
you know, back in my day, like it was normal to put your hand right. on every nurse's ass as she walked through the room. <laughs> when when Garrison Keillor was on vaudeville, yeah. right, right, right. Well, I mean, but but again, it's one of those things where this thing is. It's probably happened before. Yeah. So, uh, who well, knows? But, uh, I don't know. Brendan, it sounds like you're not super surprised because you actually fucking hate Garrison Keillor. I mean, I just didn't really get him, but I, I mean, I think it's ridiculous <laughs> that people are like, what a loss or whatever. It's like, I was like, what? what is he even doing? He retired from his show. Right. Yes. I guess he was like an occasional contributor. I think he was <laughs> still doing, uh, it was like the, what was it, like the author's corner or this, this week in literature or something like that. Yeah, it's like, oh no, what a lot! Isn't he like in his eighties? Like, well, and they yeah, always move on, man. they ran some of those old shows too, but right. I don't oh, think they're sure. planning to do that anymore. <laughs> so, right, um, you know, I just like that voice, that old radio storytelling type of thing. Maybe we need to uh, make Liquid Flannel a little bit more Prairie Home Companion, mm-hmm. right? Without without yeah. the sexual assault, I, I think we, we need yeah. fake advertisements, maybe. Yeah, uh, fake advertisements. Well, I mean, we we actually do that. Uh, listeners know <laughs> that we do occasionally run a, a fake advertisement. I think it's also it's more. Uh, we need more like all white folk bands coming on the show to just like yeah. Yeah. play a number. I think that's obvious. That well, I mean, we good. all know that though. That's, you don't need to say it, <laughs> right? They can be bands with people of color, but you have to sound white for the radio. Yeah, good luck finding those, so. like, interracial folk bands out there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hey, they're there. They're there. I'm sure. There's got to be, like, a black person in Scott's Bluff or something <laughs> that plays a banjo or has seen one. Just kidding. The Jimi anyway. Hendrix of banjos out there waiting to be discovered on the <laughs> right. flannel. He sold his soul at the crossroads, and it was, I want to be featured on a... A low-level regional interest uh, <laughs> politics podcast, <laughs> right? Well, instead of dueling banjos, in the last couple weeks we've had uh, what was it? Dueling consumer finance prote- uh, <laughs> protection directors or some shit yeah. like that. That was great, and of course, uh, Nebraska's own Ben Sass has been inserting himself into the uh, drama, right? So. Um, Can I say just right off the bat that the photos that the Lincoln Journal star uses for Ben Sass always make him look like he's making like he's pulling like a Jim Carrey face. Yeah, it's, it's always... a, he always looks like he's caught like in a gif from uh, Liar Liar every time they run a photo of him. I think that they're trying so hard to make it look like this is effortless for this kid. Like he's the golden boy of politics. Right. Like, right. man, you just don't see it the simple way that I see it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, I got he from is my a, Ivy League education. He, he is a, a reasonably good looking guy. He's sort of the, he's like Nebraska's answer to Justin Trudeau. You know, he's like, like the young, <laughs> sure. like square jawed, like good old, you know, just like yeah. corn, corn fed Nebraska boy um, of the earth. Oh yeah, he's always always very. Uh, this photo has him wearing a um, like a broad checked suit, which is, I mean, that's that's kind of going out there, um, fashion wise for people who are in Congress. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I mean, Sass has had it out for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau basically from from day one. Uh, he hates it so much because he hates consumers. I mean, I mean, is there any other, I mean, excuse, I mean, they, he hates it for basically no reason. I mean, he says that it has too much power, 
But like all it's done with its supposed like, you know, going mad with power is like return billions of dollars from like financial scams that corporations were running on people like yeah, Wells Fargo and, that, right. and, yeah. uh, and putting a couple of regulations in place against uh, payday lenders um, payday lenders are actually who we consider to be the backbone of like small business like everybody loves payday lenders and wait, oh yeah right? those predatory yeah absolutely <laughs> But they seem to have a pretty big lobby, uh, lobbying power. Oh, there's a in lot of DC, great so. money in stealing money from people who don't have it, who are desperate. Yeah, Seriously. you know the thing that I really want to know about Ben Sass because he's been he's been really trying to have it both ways. You know, he's oh, been yeah. trying to come out as anti-Trump, we but also not. You know, not at all. <laughs> he agrees with him on all policies. You know, right. I want to ask him as well as like Bill Crystal, like what. What 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 do you want that would actually be different in any way from what we have now? Like, what what is your end goal? And he I, wants. Well, sorry to put words in his mouth. Oh no, you can <laughs> no. The thing is, are. you can put any words in his mouth because he never says anything. He so we can we can wants- like. We can hypothesize about like what Ben Sass believes in, and it's going to be believable either way. Right well, now. but the thing is, he wants what they've been trying to do like he wants the repeal for obamacare he's like this is what the people want you know he wants this tax stuff like all he wants oh, he that's called different. When, o- when obamacare passed he said passing obamacare will be the end of america is right, what right. Yeah. so yeah. all he really wants is to not be present when people use the n-word <laughs> and that, that that's literally <laughs> that's that's what he wants so you know Right. Well, I mean, that's what that's right. That's all these Republicans, right? Where I think even Ben Sass said, like, I didn't even vote for Trump. I wrote in Mike Pence or something like that. I'm not sure if that was him or what. what, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Right. Some shit. That's exactly what they want is that they want to do everything that Trump is doing, except with a smile on their face saying, like, I I love Jesus. Like they they don't want to change one thing about what he's actually accomplishing. They want to change how he's communicating it to right. be more subtle and to come off as more friendly versus being aggressive and acerbic. That's right. It's all it's all this form this form substance thing that everybody involved in the establishment, Democrat or Republican, are obsessed with that like it's not the substance of the the bill that you're trying to pass. It's not the actual influence on people's lives. It's not the impact it's going to have on people who need health insurance or need. I mean, the the children's health insurance program expired like over a month ago, and nobody has even introduced a bill, as far as I can tell, to like bring that back around. It's that they're so gross while they're doing it. You know, right. like if you could just, you know. It's it's this whole it's it's the same thing with fucking libs on Twitter who who drop into Donald Trump's mentions and go like, sir, you know, Mr. President, have, have you considered that? Like, no, you idiot. He hasn't. He hasn't considered that thing. And also, like, why are you worshiping this office? Why are you worshiping these people? They work for us. It's not like. There's not some mystical thing that happens when you get elected president that makes you into a statesman. You know, we can <laughs> at best hope that we're going to end up with a statesman in office, but there's nothing special about that particular title. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, this is going to send us down 
the Trump Twitter thing, but <laughs> you know, I originally was following Trump's Twitter because I was like, this is this is so new to me. This is blowing my mind that president is using Twitter in this way or presidential candidate is surely he's going to change. Nope, he didn't change. Yeah. But I think aside from the racist Twitter from whatever British racist group it was that he put out there to try to make ISIS or Muslims look bad. Right. He also literally accused Joe Scarborough of murdering like, <laughs> right. from Florida. Wait, what? Wait. Oh, wait. He yeah, so jo- okay. so Jar Scar- jo- Joe Scarborough yeah. is the yeah. uh, he's the host of the Morning Joe show on which of the networks? MSN- it's on MSNBC. MSNBC. Okay. MSNBC. He was a. He don't was act ex- like you don't know that shit. No, no, I, I actually don't. I, I do okay. not follow this guy too much. I just see him because you're never awake at that time of the morning. Bat. No, that's true. Yeah, that's right. I, I sleep <laughs> anyway. until noon every day, and I miss all of the morning shows. And I think I'm better for it. Uh, Probably. He, Joe Scarborough was a. He's a former congressman from I think Florida, Republican congressman, right? Am I completely uh, yeah. Yeah, making this up? I don't know where he's from. I don't think it's Florida. Yeah, he was a he was a representative from Florida. Okay. Okay. And okay. so, uh, you know, retired from office and then um, and now has a, a morning show on MSNBC, Morning Joe, which Trump loves to watch because he watches TV six hours a day like any good American does. And right. he fucking hates this guy. And there's this conspiracy. Well, they theory. used to be BFFs. They yeah. used to be friends. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's there's no there's no zealot like a convert. There's no, you know, (laughs) uh, you know. So, yeah, they used to be friends. Now they're not friends. Once Trump turned into candidate (laughs) Trump and Joe turned into slightly mellower for the ratings, Joe. Right. right. uh, Joe, Joe Scarborough. Welcome to the resistance. Yeah. Right. Right. But when he was. A representative in Florida, he had an intern that was found dead in his office and she died like she had had like a skull fracture or something. Apparently, evidently, he went out and I don't remember this from back then because I was like a kid, but he went out on the media tour immediately after saying, well, she had this, you know, she had a medical history or whatever. And then like a family member said, you know. Uh, she was a marathon runner and just ran like an 8K like a couple weeks ago type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it seemed a little suspicious, but obviously Joe moved on in his life. Right. In ways well, that, also, uh, I, I think I think what they <laughs> you know. what they eventually determined was that she had had like an undetected like heart defect that caused a, right. a blood clot that caused her to have a stroke. And then she fell down and like broke her head. That yeah, that happens. That's not an yeah. unrealistic thing. Right. I've got to. Can I've you gotta, imagine, though? If Joe Scarborough did legit murder his intern and his plan was like, oh, I'll just put her in my office and then just well, say like she had a crazy freak medical thing like this is like I'll never get caught. <laughs> Although, but but when I but as I was reading this, I was also thinking about the serial case with Adnan and thinking, well, Baltimore police would have put Joe Scarborough in in jail oh, yeah. with that kind of evidence. Oh, yeah, know, if he was not sure. a white congressman, oh, for sure. Yeah, right, yeah. absolutely. So I had, to, I had to check the privilege, put it to the side for a moment, <laughs> and realize that this is still crazy that the president is now going after Joe, said, hey, 
there's an unsolved case down in Florida and FBI go investigate. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sarah Koenig, because we believe that you are a listener <laughs> of liquid flannel, uh, please oh, make sure. serial season yeah. three about, um, how Joe Scarborough killed his intern when he was a congressman. She loves a good story. You know? Yeah. But, but the thing is she only is looking to exonerate people. <laughs> she's, uh, <laughs> she's not looking at it already exonerated folks so but yeah it was it was just kind of crazy that that was happening it did scare joe because joe deleted tweets that were critical of trump or whatever right after that happened wow well but then didn't he also say like trump has dementia well he just said that yeah he just said that like yesterday or today but he clearly does i mean that's not even that that shouldn't even be like a hard thing for people to admit, like anybody who's ever Watch had it, a dude. We're not relative yeah. or a neighbor who was suffering from uh, Alzheimer's or like late life dementia, like they know what sundowning looks like. And Trump absolutely does that uh, at the end of sure every day. That it's you dis- would be able to tell if Trump had a mental illness, because like what would be, <laughs> he would be crazy? Like he was already cra- he's been crazy his whole life. I was going to uh, say, yeah. so how my- far back do you have to go? <laughs> Yeah, Go ahead, there, Mark. You know, so, uh, so my family is uh, they they got really really quite uh, well off. I guess uh, I guess they're, I guess they're now formally rich uh, over while I was a kid. Um, and what started to happen was um, everybody around them used to, they started kind of tailoring the way they talk to my parents. It, you know, like basically really? slowly everyone around them starts to. Uh, I mean, again, I guess you would say, you know, hit them up. And so my parents would start giving away like chunks of money. Um, you, you know, maybe like one cousin crashes a car. And then uh, by the time I left the home, uh, they just paid for the down payment on someone's house as like a favor. And, and like the thing I'm, wow. I mean, I'm not, I don't think Trump is doling out these favors. But the thing is, he's, I mean, he's what? He's a billionaire, right? Um, right. I have no doubt. I mean, he's not just a billionaire. He's a billionaire. He's the president. I have no doubt sure. that everyone around him is, you know, everyone around him is tailoring all of their behavior to I mean, pretty much reinforce literally anything out yeah. of his mouth, oh, yeah. anything he says. Right. So, like, you know, like, I'm just thinking about, like, the small scale stuff I saw with my parents who are not... <laughs> they're significantly smarter than Trump. Uh, they may <laughs> sure. even be less malevolent than Trump, which I hadn't thought possible. But like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to rethink it. And, and you know, I'm just thinking like this is a man for who, for, I guess, for 70 years has had people who literally tell him anything, do anything. You know, to just you know, because you, you know, you never know. You never know when you know, you know, you could use a favor from a billionaire. Right. Sure. Not, not, like, not that right. Trump would give it probably. But right. That's the thing. What the hell? It's, like, it's worth a shot. These- all these people are like, we have yeah. to be nice yeah. to Trump. We have to do whatever Trump says because mm, yeah. Trump is so powerful. But it's like, yeah. when has Trump ever done anything to help yes. anyone? Right. This is, I can't think of an example besides yeah. like Putin. Like That's like the only person that he goes <laughs> it, out of his way to help. It's profoundly ironic uh, right. because I mean, he's he, never going to help any of them. Well, it's not, it's not so much ironic as it is a like poetic. I mean, it's. It's, a, it, it, it's satisfying in like a Shakespearean sense, right? Because we've right. spoken on the show before about these stories about him when he was a kid and he had zero uh, parental affection and yeah. nobody at school could stand him. So all he yeah. did was hang out with like his dad's construction workers 
And you know that like his entire life, he has just resented that he doesn't get loved by everybody. The The people who were around him didn't love him. And he's been trying to prove that wrong for the rest of his life. And he does it in like the cheapest way as possible because he has cheap tastes, you know? Dude, he's no. literally trying to live out Pearl Jam songs. It's crazy. <laughs> I just realized that I'm going to vote for him. I'm sorry. <laughs> What can I say, dude? I love Pearl Jam. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's Daddy amazing. He didn't give attention. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It, it's amazing to me that Trump had he he basically he was he's been famous for so long, but he was kind of irrelevant until he had The Apprentice, right? I mean, that yeah, is yeah. what most people from our generation who are like in their 30s or younger know Donald Trump from. Like, we don't know 70s and 80s when Donald Trump. When did that Trump. start? It was like in the like early 2000s. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, that and uh, Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2 when he walks by and, you know, says made, like, the just movie down would... the hall and to the right. Yeah. I mean, if how he you, wasn't in that suppose, movie, it would have been terrible. How do you suppose historians are going to like look back at that now? Because it's one thing, you know, to put him a cameo on a movie. And, you know, it's one thing when he's just some guy, a local celebrity. But now... You know, now I don't. I don't know. I'm just wondering. I don't know. They'll they'll do they'll do it the same way that they did for Ronald Reagan, who acted in a bunch of shitty movies before he became president. Oh yeah. I mean, if yeah, if there is anything good about the Trump presidency, it's that people will focus so much on the aspect of how terrible he was a president that like all this other stuff that he was successful at, like reality TV, like people aren't even going to think about. That's not what right. future generations are going to think about when they think of Donald Trump. They're going right. to think about like, oh, that, that's that guy that was the terrible president. Right. But, yeah, he, he had this whole TV show where the premise of the TV show was that these business people would compete to be his apprentice. That was the premise of the TV show. And he would teach them about business and go into business with them and make millions of dollars and be super successful. Right. <laughs> Can anybody name any single person from that show? There's <laughs> one person you can name. Right. Amorosa? Amorosa. That's the only person that anybody remembers from that show. Wow. She didn't even win. She was famous for being totally mean and backstabbing to everyone. <laughs> and the only reason she's relevant now is because she works for Trump. Yep. And and isn't even allowed to be around him. Like Kelly has like put the block on that. Right. So she just like walks around. She just walks around. <laughs> like, what is she doing in the White House all day right. other than like looking at the news and then I guess uh like sending memos to General Kelly's office being like, I I, I should really be allowed to talk to the president right now. Like everybody hates him. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's kind of like with the shows like The Voice and American Idol, who after right. like the first two or three seasons, I, I guess maybe like, I think I can think of Clay Aiken, and I think there's one other guy, but but it's mostly it mostly it mostly boosts the judges' profile. It's right, but I mean, at least they make an album, right? Like at least true. that <laughs> step happens. Right? You're right. You're right. With You're with right. Trump, literally nothing happens except like maybe Donald Trump gets you like a crappy job for Donald Trump and then yes. it just you three months later. Yeah. And then you have Actually, to sue him right, for right. lost wages or <laughs> right. sue him for any wages. All right. Well, well, before we take a break here, I did want to mention one last thing. Uh, it, speaking of crappy jobs for Donald Trump, the truly depressing pictures of Melania Trump doing the uh, the White House 
Christmas decorations, which, okay, some of them were kind of weird, but the rest of them looked really nice. I mean, it was really nice. And she did this whole photo op where it's like, we are so, we are so pleased to be introducing the uh, White House Christmas decorations for 2017. And it's just her, like, in the middle of a room (laughs) by herself. And one of the best takes I saw it, saw on it was like oh milani honey like i'm so sorry like you obviously put a lot of work into this and you know it sucks that he's not around well you know i think that she's more in her element when she's treating it like a runway anyways or a photo shoot and he wouldn't be around for that shit either that's true and she she also doesn't seem to have much interest in him so i don't know maybe it's okay i don't know the best I don't like anything that that smacks of sadness around the holidays, you know, like I I always want like the Christmas miracle. Did you ever see that episode of Moral Oral? Oh, such a great episode. Dude, that Christmas episode. Okay, so so what what happens? Man, I don't want to mess it up for the audience. He learns the true meaning of of Christmas. (laughs) Oh, dude. Yeah, he learns it in a way that. I was emotionally scarred for about <laughs> about a half hour after that show. Yeah. So. Christmas is the perfect time <laughs> for you to like say that it's all about the love of Jesus, but then like drink too much wine and like get into like a screaming argument with your right. ex-husband or whatever. Like yeah. that's what the, the real meaning of the holiday is. Absolutely. Always seems to be a great time for corporate layoffs too, you know, <laughs> like that always seems to be. Oh. Uh, can anybody tell me what Christmas is all about? <laughs> uh, you guys, let's uh, let's take a let's break. take a break okay. and find a high note to rescue this. Yes, yeah. let's do that. I'm 80 years old, and I love Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Brave adults are coming forward to challenge the notion that Frosted Flakes is just a kid cereal. They have a taste adults can love every bit as much as kids. <laughs> what more can you say? Frosted Flakes have the taste adults have grown to love. They're great. What was that cereal? Frosted Flakes? I think Frosties is what the article says here. I think, so. isn't Frosties just like the British name for Frosted Flakes? Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the British name for Frosted Flakes. So let me pull up the article here. So Kellogg's claims Frosted Flakes is an adult cereal to get around children's sugar rolls. It's an adult <laughs> cereal. It is an adult cereal in the sense that I love Frosted Flakes. <laughs> I still eat it. They're great. Day. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's an adult cereal in the sense that uh, Tony the Tiger is a total snack <laughs> and is obviously suburban housewives and suburban house husbands are looking at that box every and morning. And suburban house tigers. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. absolutely. <laughs> it's getting the family cat. It's hitting all the demos. Right. Yep. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. They're snacking everybody up there. Man. I guess this is kind of a sugar high note, but it is kind of <laughs> weird because uh, the reason Kellogg's is trying to claim that they're um, an adult cereal is to get around the children's sugar rules. Too much. They're extremely sugary. They, they're very right. sugary. So from 2020, food brands targeting children with sugary products face being named and shamed by the government <laughs> if they fail to reduce the sugar content by 20%. Yeah, the, uh, it's, it's an FDA subdivision, the Department of Naming and Shaming. The funny thing about this is Frosted Flakes is the major sponsor for Little League. 
So I don't know. I don't get how you can because dude, this is an adult cereal. <laughs> right. Have Tony like snatching that bowl out of those kids' hands or some shit, or better yet, right. switch it off. Have them only sponsor Major League Baseball. Be like, <laughs> you can, you only get this if you right. truly are greatest in America. They're gonna have like baseball. a Joe Camel situation where they'll have to like get rid of Tony the Tiger, or make him like have a bald spot and glasses or whatever, right. <laughs> or or have him right. have him have limbs amputated from diabetes like adult onset diabetes you know <laughs> oh, it's man. like a surgeon general's warning i think this is the future that that liberals want of course they're gonna do whatever they can like a business is gonna do what they can to avoid paying my fa- yeah so my tax. favorite tax avoidance story is marvel in the like 80s and 90s were getting charged some sort of doll import tax for Chinese manufactured action figures of the X-Men. And they were getting charged the tax as if they were dolls. And so they went to court to say, these are not dolls because dolls are humans and mutants are not humans. They're they're subhuman. So Marvel Comics went to court and argued, and I believe won this case to basically say that mutants are not humans to get a tax break <laughs> on Chinese toy imports. Well, and and that actually just kind of proves everything right that I believe about mutants, which is they need to be exterminated. They're they're <laughs> actually a risk. And uh, if the U.S. courts have decided that they aren't human, then that's good enough for me. I love how like the the racist anti mutant government in the X Men movies is now more competent than our real life supervillain government. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I feel like that's a, that was an important uh, cultural shift. Like I was going back and watching the X Files a while ago, nice. and, and you know, imagine picturing the Trump administration <laughs> oh, man. managing to right. hide an entire alien conspiracy. I mean, we obviously have never met with aliens because he would have tweeted about it. Trump would be talking about you know, like the crooked mainstream media won't talk about how my Department of Justice <laughs> took care of this human-sized tapeworm creature. Although the problem is he would totally put someone in charge of it that would defund the program to the point of being completely ineffective. Right. And so you would know anyways. So That's true. <laughs> we, we'd know anyway when the aliens start like body shifting with us, right. swapping with us. Because, because the Trump administration would literally just go out there and start trying to throw wigs and makeup on the alien corpses right. or yeah. something. Be like, you know, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> This aliens were in Brooks Brothers. Meanwhile, the hashtag resistance would completely miss the point and be like, the best way to resist against this abuse of executive authority is to throw pencils into the ceiling like Fox Mulder used to do all the oh time. Oh my god. <laughs> I do on some level though feel pretty bad for like if you're if you're a resistance person who's not like if you're not near attended, if you're not a high ranking person. Right. Like I think a lot of the like they feel they don't understand right. what happened in twenty sixteen and they feel completely impotent to stop it. So yeah. uh, it, it, at that point, like what the hell Hamilton, I mean, or you know, what the hell West Wing. <laughs> You might as well, you, sure. you know, and it's rational in that sense. Indulge yourself in mythologies where, like, America is going the way that you kind of prefer it would, even if it's the X Files. Like, at least in the yeah. X Files, you had like strong, sort of proletariat or democratically minded FBI agents who were going to try to expose yeah. these things to the to the populace. Yes. Whereas now, like, we're gonna we're gonna put the former head of the CIA in charge of the State Department, and we're gonna put 
a guy who's in charge of who loves torture in charge of the CIA and, and it's like no like now you can't even make a TV show about this this government it's it, it would no. be boring it's boringly consistently evil you think about putting Jack Bauer in charge of the X-Files though I think that's what we right. would be in for could you imagine them like waterboarding yes. aliens yes shit? I can you know, like, yeah. yes I can <laughs> I actually can I'm, I'm actually like incredibly horrified. Like I'm, I'm laughing about Pompeo and Cotton, but like we're setting up for war. Yeah. Like it's just. Yeah. We've done this before. We've done this before. We'll do it. Uh, apparently, we'll do it again. War all the time. And but I mean, like again, like if you're thinking about how do you stop it? How do you? What do you how how do you stop it? You pull a Wesley Snipes and you stop paying taxes. <laughs> that's, that's that's the only thing I can see. Honestly, we need to we need to be the ones. We're going to organize this. You all heard it on Liquid Flannel That's first. Right. We are going to start a national movement to protest the tyranny of war, of forever war, and tax oppression, and not pay our taxes on tax day. Well, great news, guys. Trump just got rid of taxes. So, <laughs> problem solved. This is going to be a really easy protest. That's great. All together. <laughs> Dude, this was the highest note we could come up with. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, for for some fun, watch like any like movie or TV show where they like cut to the president and just imagine that it's Trump instead, like in Deep Impact or whatever, when like Morgan oh, no. Freeman has to come out and he's <laughs> right. like, America, we stand in our darkest hour or whatever. And just imagine that it's Trump out there. It's it's Air amazing. Force One. Independence Day. I want to oh, yeah. put him into Dave <laughs> simply because it's funny to think that there was a guy who looked like Donald Trump who died that they could replace with Donald Trump. And he has to go in and sing. Uh, oh, that would be rough. America the Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he falls in love with Melania, just like in Dave. <laughs> I actually want to see this movie now. Do, do you suppose Melania and Donald Trump have like? When was the last time you suppose they had any physical contact? He tried to grab her hand I and she it swatted it away. That, that she one swatted time. his <laughs> hand away, dude. That was physical. Yeah. I, I can't blame her. Uh, yeah, you totally can. Though I mean, <laughs> on the other hand, she is surely knows. I, I blame her for many other things. I think she was mad at first. She yeah. she didn't want to be the first lady or whatever, obviously, but I think she's coming around yeah. now that they're like, hey, like, you know that half your job is just like picking out what kind of fancy Christmas trees and like right. horror yeah. movie, uh, like ghost yeah. stick decorations <laughs> right. that you want. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for your real high note, look up that Melania picture. It's totally the decorations in the middle of the, the grove in A Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Where it's like somewhere between Halloween oh, yeah. and Christmas. She would actually, if she dressed up as Jack Skellington, she would kill it. She is oh, just yeah. perfect for that role. I mean, if Disney does a live action remake, like she's first on my list for casting. <laughs> you know. Just dub that Danny Elfman voice over the top of her or whatever. It's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'm not going to hate on Melania Trump for her design skills because I, I think that the ice... The ice looked good. It was a good effect. It was you know? blinging out there for dude, Christmas. Dude, seriously, I want my yeah. Christmas trees riding on 24-inch chrome. <laughs> Melania gets that. Maybe Melania secretly is a black woman on the inside. So <laughs> She's anyway. pretty tan. She's getting close. Uh, here's the real high note, guys. We can all say Merry Christmas again. Finally. Oh, good. The yes. eight years of tyranny That's, are oh, over. Oh, you're right. You're right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm going to say it right now. Yeah, Merry Christmas yeah. to everyone. Merry Christmas one and all. Trump is the true spirit of Christmas for sure. I mean, he loves Christmas so much. He is not like the Grinch 
at all. I mean, right. there's or just no Ebenezer. comparison there. I no mean, Ebenezer. he's so jolly. He's like Santa Claus, really. Rex Tillerson's about to get the crotchety <laughs> treatment, but we'll save that for the third day of Christmas. But in the meantime, I guess uh, we definitely would like to go ahead and thank Mark for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Yeah, definitely. Where can the audience find you, or is there anything you'd like to plug, you know, that you'd like the audience to check into? Well, you can find me at at haircut hippie with an underscore in the middle on twitter excellent well definitely check him out there and you know we'll always plug something you know that's what we do over here so definitely check us out on all of our social medias you know youtube facebook twitter definitely rake us or leave us comments on itunes and definitely follow us individually you can find me at shaggy two trope brendan where can they find you I'm at Brenda Williams with one L. And Matt, where are you at? I'm at Matt the Great with the W. And thanks for tuning in to Liquid Flannel, and we'll see you next week. Bye.